listen. It is not an old story, but ours. It may not happen with a mighty wind, but with a soft whisper. But this is our Pentecost. This is our reminder that God forgives us and fills us with all things new. Thanks be to God. God gives us new hope in endless days of despair, new joy in never-ending moments of grief, and new life when we seem to have lost even the simple ability to breathe. This day and in all the days to come. Amen. Already, kids, we are going to bless you, um, and you are going to go to your ministry space just over there. Um, and then uh, you are going to bless us back as you leave, okay? So adults, are you ready? The Lord be with you. Thank you. <laughs> If I stand close to this mic, I'll just bring this out here. It feels way louder back there. I don't want to be any louder. <laughs> okay. Hi, everybody. It, is, it does feel like there's this like beautiful semicircle <laughs> people quite far away. That's okay. <laughs> All right. When my dog, Bonsai, lays down to sleep at night, she takes a few minutes to get like good and comfy, and you can hear her like rustling around on the floor. And then she lets out this deep throaty sigh, like all the burdens of the world are coming off of her tiny golden shoulders. It's like, it's a groaning almost <laughs> of total relief. One might imagine that um, just like the whole world's breath is leaving her little body as she settles in to sleep for the night. Despite the worst thing she goes through, like being that she has to share toys with another one other dog, like <laughs> it's really not that bad for her. <laughs> But she, once she is, uh, once that sigh happens, she is in dreamland, in a blissful, doggy sleep where she dreams of chasing many a squirrel, I think. And then a, f a few years ago, I recognized a pattern of laughter when I was watching people that I love laugh. That after good and deep belly laughs, a lot of people will settle back into themselves with a sigh after their last chuckle. And it's really great and fun to watch when a whole group is doing it. Like everybody has these like really big laughs and then everyone goes, ah, and then things continue. And yesterday, when the president of my seminary handed me my diploma, I let out a giant sigh of relief <laughs> and felt like I could breathe again for the first time in four years. <laughs> yeah. There is something mysteriously good and settling about a deep sigh. Something in the release, in the relief. Maybe this peace that can only happen when conditions are right. While obviously breath in all forms is important, um, I'd like us to just take a moment to think about the last time we 
let out a good sigh of relief and what it felt like whatever burden was released from you whatever you were celebrating um, and feeling peace in that moment what it felt like to let out this deep and exquisite breath today we're going to be reading from acts 2 verses 1 through 21 which is a lectionary text which I always think is cool because that means that there are like people all over the world reading the same story as us and there's just something kind of magical about that um, and beautiful. And so if you'd like to turn to Acts 2 on your phone or if you have your Bible with you, I'll be reading from NRSV. You can read from whichever version you'd like. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, proselytes, sorry, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So today we are celebrating Pentecost, which I think is a church holiday that like a lot of Protestant churches have kind of ignored. Now, I had never even heard of Pentecost till I, till I started coming to Trinity almost seven years ago. And if I had to guess why, at least for my hometown church, it would probably be because of that bit about the spirit giving folks the ability to speak in other languages. And it was made very clear when I was young 
that Baptists did not approve of speaking in tongues or anything that resembled it. And so I think when people get caught up in things like that, they, they kind of push things aside. And that seems silly, but also a real possibility. But I thought of when um, people focus only on the spiritual gifts that we get from the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and how that seems to be the big message a lot of times. And even in the few years that I've been aware of Pentecost and heard messages on it, that's what the focus has been. I myself have even focused on that when I have taught on Pentecost <laughs> in the last few years. And I wondered if we were missing something about this story. So today, I'm going to try and look at it from a little bit of a different angle. I think it does make sense that we focus on the part about gifts because that's the part that um, gives us something to do. It's what leave what we're left with um, this sense of like opportunity and invitation. It answers that question that we ask a lot of times when we think of scripture, like what does this mean for us? Jesus is gone, but Christ remains. But folks are still not quite like sure what their roles are. I I still think maybe we're not quite sure what our roles are. But there's something in this story and about the story of Pentecost that tells us like a little bit about what we're supposed to do. But I kept reading this passage over and over, and I kept coming back to verse 2 where it says, Suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And the mention of this like very specific type of weather, wind, made me think of when I was little, and we would have these little silly sayings about weather and God. And I, I hope that pe other people know what I'm talking about when I say these things. We would say, like, when it was raining, it was the angels crying. Or when there was thunder, the angels were bowling. <laughs> or God was applauding for something that had happened on earth. And so I just started to kind of play with those things <laughs> because they just kept coming up. And I wondered um, about the idea of God blowing the spirit into the world with the violent wind. And then I learned that the Greek word that translates into wind here also translates into breath, which I love. So what might be causing God to breathe so forcefully? And I thought of the gifts that we were given and what happens in Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit is a, a gift to us. And so I thought of God letting out this deep and satisfying sigh as opposed to like an angry blowing wind. Because the translation that says violent also translates to mighty. And so a violent wind could also be a mighty breath. Like one of those sighs where the breath just rushes from your body because you, maybe you've been holding your breath without even realizing it for so long. Pentecost comes 50 days after Easter, or 49, according to some people that want to argue about those things. <laughs> and Jesus has ascended to be with God only days before this holiday. And in the interim, between the Ascension and Pentecost, the disciples returned to Jerusalem, and they stayed with the rest of those that had been followers of Jesus. And they're just waiting, it seems like. 
we're in this moment in the story where some sort of transition is about to happen. We're not quite sure what it's going to be. All the pieces are in place, and getting them there has been a harrowing journey of violence and loss and surprise and grief. Imagine God watching God's child go through what Jesus went through. But now Jesus is home and safe, and he's been so brave, (laughs) and he's set up the world for whatever is to come next. And so it's our turn, their turn, the disciples, to share the good news. And how exciting is that after all this time to know that they're ready, this creation that you have on the earth is ready. The sigh that God let out must be filled with relief at the return of Jesus, that super hard part of the journey that everybody was on. And, the, and also that this complex creation is finally ready to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Finally ready to participate in creating the kingdom. And so God releases that deep, deep sigh. This Pentecost, rather than focusing on the specifics of the after effects of the Holy Spirit coming and entering the world, I wonder if we just settled and grounded ourselves in how she got here in the first place. And rather than me just telling you, I'd like for us to to think about that together. And so I'd like for you to do something with me. Um, Whether you are here or on Zoom, I'd like for you to get yourself in a comfortable position. And that could be exactly how you're seated now, or maybe you want to shift your body around a little bit. And once you're in that position, I'd like you to close your eyes. I'd like for you to imagine that you are in the safest, most comfortable place with the most beloved people you know. Maybe that is in this parking lot right now. Maybe it is in your bedroom at home with your family or a friend's living room. Maybe it's under some trees in your childhood backyard. But you're with your people, your community. Just rest for a moment. Revel in this place that is so safe and made perfectly for you. Now I'd like for you to imagine that God joins you in that space, however God shows up. And you might be tempted to marvel at however God shows up for you in this moment. And that's fine. But then just try and be present with her. God looks at you and your beloved community and says, I am so 
delighted in you. You are good and you belong. I know that you will bring wonder and goodness to wherever you go in this world. I trust you. I love you. And then God sighs. And their holy breath is wrapping you up. Rest. Amen. You can open your eyes and go back to the bulletin. We are going to enter into communion together. So whatever you brought for um, for coming to the table, go ahead and get that out and scroll down to the table liturgy. You will have a song. So if, if you'd like to participate in singing, remember to put your mask back on. And you can follow along with the parts. We're going to start all together instead of a leader starting. So, God, our maker, we gather at your table to remember the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. In it, we discover your spirit of grace and joy. May the bread and cup fill us now to be bearers of your reconciliation, love, and peace toward all your beloved children. Now, as we come to your ever-expanding table, teach us, O oh Lord, to listen, to hear, to live the words that Christ himself taught us when he prayed, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The table of the Lord is open for all who would seek and accept the forgiveness Christ offers. Eat and drink. Christ's body broken for you and the cup of the new covenant shed for you.